the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is brought to you by EDI Travel. Four blocks north of the World Trade Center, the second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. Today we've had a national tragedy. All firefighters in New York City should report to duty. You are needed today. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center. United 93, Cleveland. Great harm has been done to us. There is panic on the streets. We have suffered great loss. And in our grief and anger, we have found our mission and our moment. We will rally the world to this cause by our efforts, by our courage. We will not tire. We will not falter. And we will not fail. Hey, welcome to the Bill Carl Show. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. So much going on. Of course, it is uh, now the 17th anniversary of uh, the events of 9-11-2001. We will talk about that and kind of dive in deep. It's always a tough day for us at our house. Um, And everybody, of course, who was around then, it was a tough day for so many of us, our country mourning. And I think, generally speaking, for our world, Uh, Our operations manager, Joe Weaver, and I were just talking about this. So much that happened that day that has changed everything forever. There's so much uh, that has grown out of that that has been just horrific. And there is so much that has grown out of that that has shown the very best of who we are, the very uh, selfless, heroic nature of our people and those who rushed in uh, in harm's way. And have since for years uh, fighting those battles. 
Um, for us, it's very, very personal day. Um, we uh, lost somebody uh, directly in those towers, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But safe to say, uh, we shouldn't forget, and I think safe to say, we can't forget. It is a little strange, those children who have been born since, who grow up with this as just being part of their history books. I would imagine 20 years after World War II that the survivors of that probably felt the same way as they watched the baby boom generation grow up and, and realized that our half-life of memory is is pretty short. Uh, we're going to talk more about that uh, in our next segment, but first, just kind of lining you up on the headlines. The big deal is Hurricane Florence, and that could hit the coastline of the Carolinas and Virginia with a punch not seen in more than 60 years. Could be a Cat 5 when it comes ashore. We have a number of friends up in that area, and already I have seen the discussions. We have several friends who live on Oak Island and another friend whose mom lives out at Myrtle Beach. And the mom doesn't want to evacuate because the neighbor's not going to evacuate. And, well, you know, if the neighbor doesn't evacuate, I can't evacuate. And I just, you know, I just communicated today with with my friend. I was like, look, it's not just the storm. This is the hard part, I think, that we struggle with here kind of in the Tampa Bay area because we've been spared for so long. Even Irma last year did not deal the blow to our immediate community that we thought that it would. Now, it did some damage, some pretty serious damage in southwest Florida, uh, in central Florida. As you got into Polk County, a lot of folks out of power for a long, long time, a lot of floodwaters. Uh, but in the Tampa Bay area specifically, it didn't hit that hard. And so we forget what that's like. And I was just thinking about last year with Irma. You know, I was able to help my father-in-law, who was uh, in southwest Florida. And Steve was on a generator for the better part of two weeks. Uh, we took a, we had a portable AC unit we took down there. My father-in-law, who was brilliant, MacGyvered that thing. So he actually got the condensation water off of it and was able to use that for wash water. But if you were a family with children... The, the aftermath is is as bad or worse than the trauma of the storm in many cases. I have a buddy of mine down in Marathon, which was really kind of ground zero for that storm when it struck the Keys. And uh, he had to, it destroyed their house, his family's house. Cam actually ended up having to go to Delray Beach. He's a, he's a fishing guide. He bought a houseboat. And drove the houseboat back down, and his family had been living on the house. I think they've been living. They were living on the houseboat when I was there in April, and uh, and they still haven't gotten their new house fully built yet. So I think the, the hard thing sometimes for folks who aren't used to the hurricane experience, and it's what we need to to keep in mind, and maybe it even ties in a little bit with nine eleven. Is sometimes horrible things happen, disasters happen. But the trauma of that lasts so much longer than the initial event. It lasts past the initial weeks when everybody's giving you the Red Cross and preparing warm meals. It lasts beyond those months uh, after the news cameras turn off 
and you begin to try to put your life back together, and you're still kind of suffering through that. Steve Laws is pastor of Keys Vineyard Church down on Big Pine Key, and he and I uh, talked about that this summer just a little bit, and his thing was, you know, he goes, yeah, I was here right after the storm, and the few people who stayed for the storm were like zombies coming out of that. He said, but I got to tell you, six months later, seven months later, you could still see people who had some level of PTSD uh, suffering through that storm. So all that to say is we're praying for our friends who are in the way of Florence. We do what we can as long as we can, as much as we can. I know that uh, Tico and other Florida utility trucks are already heading that way. They will post off as far as they can uh, away from the storm until they can go into those areas and help. And at this point, it really is in the Lord's hands, and uh, we just have to be there, and not just be there in the days to come, but in the months to come and maybe even the years to come. Pinellas beachside businesses are now feeling red tide impact. So much of this has been uh, really local down from Anna Maria on south into Collier, uh, but starting to see some traces of that here. The storm broke up a little of that. But uh, it's just one of those things. You know, what happens is it's like with the oil back in 2010. Even if our beaches didn't have oil on them, people from Minnetonka, Minnesota heard that there was oil. And so they just stopped coming down. And so we're just really praying that, you know, this alleviates soon, too, as the the weather cools down, uh, as we start to see... um, as we start to see uh, some more rain come in, we have a chance to do that. And you are starting to see that up on the beaches over uh, along uh, Pinellas County, starting to see dead fish uh, rolling up uh, along Madeira Beach and these areas. And, and just uh, uh, it's just tough, man. And it smells and it looks bad. It's not harmful necessarily, but we're really praying again that, uh, that this would resolve itself as it has in the past and just kind of break up and move along. Because you know what, guys? This is how we make it here. This is how we make it in Florida. Uh, We are getting other businesses, other industries into the area, but citrus isn't what it used to be. Pretty much what we have left is the beach, and we we got to protect that. And uh, again, for all of our friends along the coast there, uh, there was a quote in uh, the Tampa Bay or Bay News 9 from uh, Dylan Hubbard out at Hubbard's Marina. Those are great people, by the way. Great family. I've had a chance to be around Mark Hubbard uh, and do a little bit of fishing. To see this happening to them, uh, our hearts go out to them. And then also, have you ever been, uh, Mike, have you ever been to that Big Cat Rescue? I, I've, that's one of those things around Tampa Bay I've always wanted to get over to. And just a horrible, horrible thing. The lady from Big Cat Rescue, uh, Carol Baskin, is just, I mean, she has just been tireless since 1992, rescuing uh, tigers and lions and these cats from circuses and places where maybe they'd been, people would try to make them into a pet. And then you realize, hey, man, a 600-pound pet isn't working for me. What do I do with it? Uh, she was actually uh, targeted in a murder-for-hire scam by a, by a guy out of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, and apparently this has not been the first time she's been threatened physically I guess a number of these people, maybe you've seen these uh, roadside places when you're going out, oh, pet a tiger puppy or something like your tiger cub or whatever. Uh, She's spoken out against that. And this guy apparently suffered because of that. He lost his business or was going to lose his business. And he decided to try to get back at her. Thankfully, the cops uncovered that before anything uh, had happened. 
And so uh, she's going to be okay. Big Cat Rescue, by the way, located in Citrus Park. I need to go over and go see that. And finally, doctor uh, getting 19 years for distributing opioid painkillers. Dr. John Gaydon was sentenced on Monday, convicted in June of dispensing oxycodone outside the usual course of his practice and for no legitimate medical reason. He was basically just saying, listen, if you want this, come in. I'm going to charge you X amount of $100 for the visit, and then you can take this prescription and abuse these opioids all you want. This is the, this is the tough thing when it comes to these drugs is even people who would not normally themselves abuse uh, drugs or tell themselves they wouldn't be involved in this. I had a guy I used to work for, and we would talk about integrity all the time, and he would say, you know, Bill, you think a situation is one way, and you think your course of action is a certain way, and then somebody comes in and they sit down at the table and they put a big stack of money right on top of it. And then everything changes because now you not only find out who they are, you find out who you are. And I think probably what happened here is here's a guy, somebody set a big stack of cash on the table. And in that moment, sadly, it revealed who he was. Sadly, who we all are without Christ. We're going to talk more about these type of things coming up today on the Bill Carl Show. We've got Sarah M. Wells coming up with the Family Bible Devotional later this hour and a movie made right here in the Tampa Bay area called The Favorite. We'll have the makers of that movie in in the 5 o'clock hour, and you may know them. You may know Dr. Daniel Bernard from Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. It's actually the story of his family. So much more to come on the Bill Carl Show here on Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. 
Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at savechildrentoday.org. That's savechildrentoday.org. so glad that light overcomes darkness and that love overcomes hate. Thanks for listening to Faith Talk 57910 FM 102.1. I'm Bill Carl. This is the Bill Carl Show. We have all of the coolest stuff to give you, not just what you hear on the radio, but also at letstalkfaith.com. When you go there today, Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory, weekday mornings at 730, has a special Elijah map that he would like you to have as a free download. You can have this map. It not only chronicles the life of Elijah and all the amazing things that God used him for from the time he uh, took out all the prophets of Baal till he was taken up bodily into heaven, but it also shows you that geographically. And you can download it today. Just go to letstalkfaith.com. The keyword is map. So we were talking earlier about 9-11 and... For us, again, at our house, my wife, Missy, and I, uh, this is always, it's, it's always on one hand, you're, you're glad to wake up and it's Patriot Day and there's so much good to, to see that came out of that. People who stood up and they were heroic, uh, people who honored their country like they hadn't in years. I remember driving by Bayshore Boulevard, and I don't know if they still do it because I'm usually here on Fridays, but Missy and I would drive down and uh, the Bayshore Patriots would be at Bay to Bay Boulevard uh, with flags. And they would, some of them were a little older and they'd be sitting in their lawn chairs. But I mean, there would be a hundred people with flags and signs. And it they were just there to be there when McDill let out. And as McDill let out in the afternoon and the, and the men and women who are assigned there who live off base would come off base they would be there just to wave flags and just let let you know that they loved America, that they loved those who served. Uh, it was always, I, and I don't know if that's still, it, you know what, you could probably tell me if you wanted to, uh, that they're still there. Um, but it was something that was always striking to me and to my wife. We always appreciated that very much. I think what was hard, it, it's just hard for us to every year remember because we had somebody, my wife's cousin, Tim, uh, Tim Finnerty, and every year I try to say his name out loud because we never want to lose that memory. Tim was um, Tim was a very successful guy. Uh, lived in New Jersey, worked in the Trade Center. He worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. He was a young guy, beautiful wife Teresa. Uh, Tim, in addition to the work he did on Wall Street as a currency trader, uh, Tim had a reputation for helping out in the community. He coached youth basketball. He was involved. Uh, with the kids in that area. He meant a lot 
to a lot of people. And the thing probably where it begins for me was that morning, 9-11, driving across the Courtney Campbell Causeway. I worked at that point for the Worship Network doing television production. And we had just seen Tim earlier that year. Missy's grandmother had passed, and Tim was actually... Uh, the executor of the executor of the state. He'd been down for the funeral. He had been down several times since to help us uh, move things out of her home in Lakeland to get things settled and stored. And anyway, I don't know if you remember, but that that September 11th was just an absolutely beautiful day here in Tampa Bay. The sun was out. There was not a cloud in the sky. I remember, again, going across the Courtney Campbell Bridge and just spectacular day. And um, I flipped on the radio. Uh, I'll just say it. I know they're kind of a competitor to our news talkers. Jack Harris was on, on 970. Um, and they had announced that uh, a, a small plane, they said a small plane had, had hit one of the Trade Center Towers. And they thought it was an accident because the reporting. Now, listen, that was, I mean, minutes. I mean, just seconds after it happened, um, that a small plane had hit one of the trade center towers. And they're like, oh wow, I'm still driving across the bridge. I think that was the beginning. And then as I got over, he came back on and said, "There's a second. There's a second plane." And I, I out loud. I out loud just said, Tim, because Tim was in the tower that second plane hit, and he worked high up, and I want to say he was in the hundreds on those floors. He was Cantor Fitzgerald, and of course, at that point, none of us knew exactly the damage. None of us knew exactly what had happened. Uh, we went to, I went to work and we all sat around the TV like everybody else trying to figure this out. I I called, I had Tim's work number. I dialed it probably six times and of course couldn't get through. Um, and then as we watched and those buildings came down, uh, you just became more and more sure that this that this was fatal. But you hold out hope during those times. And so for a week, his friends went to hospitals to try to find him throughout the city, did everything they could. You, you, you hope. And then within two weeks following that, I was with my wife at a funeral where there was no casket in New Jersey. And I was down near ground zero as far as they would let us come down. And we walked through the city streets where there were more have you seen this person signs than I have ever seen in my life. And we went to the Javits Center where the Red Cross had set up and they received uh, families of victims. And we walked down a, a gallery of more signs. Have you seen this person? They were loved. Pictures of fathers, pictures of mothers, pictures of brothers, pictures of sisters. 
There were more teddy bears than I can possibly count. And that has always stuck with me. I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like when something horrible happens like that, people want to bring something that brings them comfort. They want to give something that brings solace. And I don't know how many times I've seen it at an accident scene or the scene of a tragedy. There's always teddy bears. There's no great spiritual lesson in that. It's just an observation. So that was the horror of it, and it lasted for a long time, very raw. Still struggle with that. At the same time, if you could know how we've sensed the love of God since then, how great it was to see Americans unite when President Bush stood on the rubble and made his speech. And so we move on, and at the same time, we remember. Because at the end of all of it, we're really kind of called to do both. Sarah Wells is next, my guest with the Family Devotional Bible here on Faith Talk SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Some residents of the Outer Banks have decided to ignore a mandatory evacuation order, and some in the village of Buxton are staying put. The 65-year-old Liz Browning Fox there says her 88-year-old mother has refused to evacuate her house next door, so she's going to stay with her, do what she can to help. She says her brother, who lives nearby, is also going to stay. She says she feels safe in her home, but realizes that if she and her mother get in trouble during the storm, no first responders are going to be able to arrive and help them. North Carolina Governor Ray, uh, Roy Cooper says choosing to ride out the hurricane could be a fatal mistake for some residents in this case. President Trump says the biggest concern will be the storm surge in coastal areas. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis on standby to use the military's power to help those who may be affected by a storm surge. On Wall Street, a positive session with the Dow up 113 points. This is SRN News. Mr. Sparky, we're on time, you'll see. Mr. Sparky, all your repair is free. Let's face it, we live in a time where we constantly have to sift through fake news and fake qualifications. Here in Florida, with the uptick in the need for electrical contractors, it's not unusual to hear about electricians who either portray their abilities beyond that which they're licensed for, or they're not licensed at all compromising the quality of work and the safety of their clients. You can rest secure knowing that Mr. Sparky electricians are fully licensed and qualified to perform the installations and repairs you require. Not only are Mr. Sparky electricians fully licensed, they're background checked, drug tested, they arrive on time, and every bit of work they do is satisfaction guaranteed 100%. And there's nothing fake about that. You don't have to put up with any malarkey called 888-8-SPARKY. 
Sometimes it may feel like the troubles of the world are pulling us down. When that happens, we should pick ourselves back up with the power of God's love. Godvine.com makes it easy to brighten even the darkest day with uplifting and inspiring videos and stories chosen especially for you to lift you up and strengthen you in your walk with Jesus. From powerful stories of healing, miracles, and angels to heartwarming videos of love, surprises, and joy to cute and funny videos that'll have you laughing out loud, Godvine has just what you need. For the best uplifting videos filled with joy, hope, and love to brighten your day, join millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. For a happier day right away, visit us at Godvine.com. Godvine.com. That's Godvine.com. Saturdays at noon, Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. People that don't walk with the Lord come up with these questions sometimes. Oh, God, show me your will, and you haven't been walking with Christ. You're going to make some mistakes here if you're not careful. Our point here is to stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. Saturdays at noon on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Chances are there'll never be an emergency ever again. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. Who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. Take the stains, make you wider than snow. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a cold. Thanks for listening to the Bill Carl Show. I'm Bill Carl. You're listening to Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Pastor's Appreciation Day is looming October 11th at Armature Works. I don't know if you've had a chance to go on up there. Armature Works is just awesome. It really, really is. And I mean, if you like Italian, they've got it. If you like sushi, they've got it. If you like the noodles, steak, whatever you want to eat, they pretty much have it. There's a noodle shop there, and if I could get the name of it uh, in my mind, they... Missy and I sat down there. We we played hooky one day, and we had a day date. Oh, yeah, right down there at Armature Works. And, I mean, I had the best bowl of noodles. So, so very good. Anyway, Pastor, come on out October 11th. It is free for you to come and enjoy a day of fellowship with uh, your friends in the ministry, to be, you know, loved on. We've got door prizes like you wouldn't believe. Somebody's going on a cruise, I'm pretty sure. Um, and we have the best meal for you. And Dr. Mark Bailey from Dallas Theological Seminary is giving the keynote. I just think if you miss it, you are missing it. And you need to sign up today at letstalkfaith.com. It does not cost you anything at all. Okay. I want to see you there. Pastor's Appreciation uh, Day. It is October 11th. Details at letstalkfaith.com. Now, here's something pastors say from time to time. I've heard this over the last few years, and it is true. 
Parents, you got to raise up your children to know the Lord. Bible says in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Um, and uh, I've heard this, the family altar, which that's one of those Christianese things. But what that means is you need to have like a place where the whole family can talk to God. But I've heard that. Parents, you need to gather your children to the family altar. And you know something? That's cool. Except if you're a parent like me and you try that and you weren't raised with it, it's hard to know where to begin. Our next guest is uh, Sarah Wells. She has written a book called The Family Bible Devotional, Stories from the Bible, to help kids and parents engage and love Scripture. And uh, just a little bit of uh, disclosure, uh, Sarah is associated with Discovery House, which is associated with Our Daily Bread. And I actually am one of the people who do the little Our Daily Bread uh, voice devotionals every day. Neener, neener, neener. (laughs) Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I can completely relate to that parent who was not raised in the church, that's for sure. So well, I uh, I can I hear you on that note. Even if you were raised in the church, um, okay, for instance, I have a, a now a 13-year-old son. Zach just turned 13 the other day. And we did get into a thing and I for years where my time with him was just I would kind of um, lay down with him at night and we would break out um, the Proverbs, because I thought I got it. You know what just happened there? What was that? When I say Sarah, my phone thinks I'm talking to Surrey. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. that. A lot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's a real radio moment. Uh, at any rate, I would read some Proverbs to him. I'd pick a proverb because it was easy and short, and I thought, Whatever this kid comes away with, he's going to come away with some smart stuff with this. But beyond yeah. that, it's it's really, really tough to figure out how to do this the right way. I agree with you. That's for sure. So what motivated you? Was that it? Were you like, you know, I got to figure out how to do this myself and I'll help everybody in the meantime or what? Yeah. You know, when I first started trying to read the Bible with my kids, I, uh, my husband and I were in a season where we hadn't. Uh, we had been trying to find a church and we weren't able to find a church community around us where we felt really comfortable. So we took a little bit of a break uh, for a couple of months and I felt really guilty during that time about not having my kids in some kind of Christian setting um, Mm -hmm. to be able to have some conversations. And so I thought, all right, well, I guess I, you know, maybe I can try to read the Bible with them together. And I was so intimidated by the idea of it because <laughs> I have so many of my own like theological baggage right. that I didn't, you know, I didn't want to sit down at the table and be like, okay, let's talk Genesis one and have them, you know, they go to public schools, they've heard all kinds of different things and suddenly start like throwing a million questions that I've had to wrestle with about what I believe about God and creation and all well, these things. Well, yeah. And then too, you know? when you do it that way, you, you, there's times you just, I'm opening the Bible. We're going to talk about, I shall smite thee with a <laughs> mule jaw. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and I'm not yeah. ready really to explain Deuteronomy either. No, right. Yes. Who has? Who can even jump into Numbers and Joshua and all of those? With right. It's, it's terrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I really found, I found for one thing that I it was freeing to realize, like, my kids are going to develop their own theological baggage. I don't have to give them my own. It's, that's okay, you know. <laughs> 
So, um, but, you know, reading just a chapter at a time or something or Mm -hmm. one story at a time, um, they were really interested and engaged and like, oh, this is a good story. We read all kinds of stories together that aren't Bible stories, and they love story. And the Bible is filled with just such really rich storytelling. Um, So I got over my intimidation and realized that this could be a good resource for other people to be able to figure out what kinds of questions should we be asking our kids as we're reading this Bible stories, and how can we help them make the Bible relevant to their lives so that maybe as they grow up and get into more challenging situations as young adults, um, they have a resource they can go back to and a solid foundation for how to navigate their faith journey a little bit better. Sarah Wells is the author of the Family Bible Devotional. You can learn more at sarahmariewells.com. Sarah, this is the struggle, I think, for all parents. What age is the right age? to start this type of thing? I think that uh, children, I mean, we read, if you think about, like, back to when you start reading regular stories with your kids, mm-hmm. you know, they're starting to learn to read and appreciate storytelling at a really young age. Um, I wrote this devotional for elementary to middle school-aged kids because I feel like that's when they're really able to start um, processing and maybe not really questioning so much, but able to think about and, and uh, you know, reflect on what just happened and does it matter to me or is it strange, you know, those kinds of things. So that I feel like is a pretty safe and solid age to be able to jump in with your family. Yeah, and I think, you know, as I was looking through this uh, before we spoke, one of the things I really like about this devotional is it's it's so nicely structured, but there's room to flex within it. And, and yes. I think one of the things that's intimidating for parents is when somebody says, do a devotional uh, with your kid, again, you find yourself saying, well, how long should it take? Or what has to happen here? And I love, even in the very first one, and God said it was good, you know, you really are just kind of, you know, reading that story as you have it. And then it's such a rich story anyway you know, you can kind of start ping-ponging your talk about that and, and do it, but I love that you have it all kind of structured and laid out. Yeah, I wanted this to be a tool for families to use uh, according to their schedule. I, I'm not going to sit down and like, okay, we're going to light candles, and then we're going <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> this is, the, our family lives just not, that's unrealistic. So, right. you know, I've practiced these devotionals with my children around the dinner table and we each took turns reading paragraphs from the stories and trying to stay engaged that way there were some nights where it was like oh everybody's really into this let's do the activity tonight and they were super psyched about it and there are other nights where we got through the devotional said a quick prayer and we're like okay that's it we're done no more (laughs) because sometimes Your kids just can't handle anymore right now. Thank you for that honesty. I'm going to interrupt you here because I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things, too. You get caught up in this, well, this is the way it should go, and the perfect family down the street or the one that I saw on TLC every week, they're perfect. And when they do a family devotional, they get it all done all the way through, and then the (laughs) kids are able to recite the prayer of Habakkuk. So (laughs) I I just love it that you can flex within this structure. Yes. 
I think we really, as parents, we put so many demands on ourselves and expect that we're going to try to raise these perfect children. And we know ourselves how imperfect we are mm-hmm. like, and how much of a journey we all are on with our faith that why why should we put so much pressure on getting through this exercise tonight? And if I don't do this, they're going to be damned for eternity or something like, okay, let's, you know, I think God's got things under control a little bit better than that. (laughs) This isn't going to ruin it for them. Sarah Wells, Sarah Wells is with us. She's authored the book, the family Bible devotional, Sarah Marie Wells uh, com is a website. Sarah, there is one thing you say in the book and you said, listen, do the activity. Uh, mm-hmm. And I talk about the activities and why you feel like, hey, that's that's a pretty important thing. I just, for, well, to preface this, I am not a, a crafty craftsman when it comes to activities. I've, I'm not very good at the hands-on, go out and buy the little, you know, styrofoam pieces and assemble this thing, and you know, all the like. <laughs> You're not going to do a paper mache Torah. Not tonight, no. <laughs> so. What I wanted to do with the activities, and because so many of our children are hands-on learners, they they want to experience the world. And I wanted the Bible stories to come to life for them in a way that made it real. Um, One of the exercises that I have, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they're really fun activities, and other times I try to, like, let's do something meaningful together. Mm -hmm. So. When the kids work through the devotional about um, when Mary finds out that she's pregnant with Jesus, the activity I suggest is, you know, why don't you go out and buy a a baby shower gift for a a pregnancy center and donate for a single mom who, you know, has an unplanned pregnancy and she's committed to going through. Make a donation to that Ashland Ashland Center, that pregnancy center to... uh, you know, make it a fun trip, go pick out some fun stuff for a little baby, you know, and just try to do something beyond uh, just impressing upon the importance of the story, but also just getting to know the characters in that story better and what might they have been going through and those kinds of things. What a but, wonderful thing to do. And I might have to mark that down for around Christmas time, because that is really, really a great idea. Uh, Sarah, what has you know been the upshot for you and your family? Because you're you're busy. You and your husband mm-hmm. both work. You are a, you are a director of content marketing at Spire Advertising, an associate editor at River Teeth. River Teeth. Also, you've written just a ton of essays, very well received, I might add. So it doesn't sound to me like you've got a lot of spare moments, but you've incorporated this and taken the time to do it with your family. What's been the upshot from that? What have you looked back and said, yeah, this this was the thing to do. I was the most surprised by how much I got to know my children better. Um, It was not something that I expected. I thought I knew my kids pretty well. You know, I see them every single day. But one of the things I was really wanting to incorporate into the devotional was um, asking them questions, but allowing them to ask their own questions as well. And their answers and their questions revealed so much about how their little minds are working. Mm, they always pick up more uh, than we think. Hey, oh, my goodness. Sarah, yeah. will, you, will you stick with me for another segment? I just cannot get enough of talking about this book with you and hearing your thoughts on it. I'm Bill Carl. You're listening to Faith Talk 57910 and FM 102.1. We're with Sarah Wells, the author of the Family Bible Devotional. The website is sarahmariewells.com. We'll be right back. I want to give in This is 
This is Lonnie Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. The liberal politicians in California are at it again. Their latest idea? Legislation that would create, quote, safe injection sites in San Francisco, where addicts can be supervised while they abuse illicit drugs like heroin. The theory behind their idea is that such sites will help people to use drugs safely, but they discount the possibility all these sites will do is encourage addiction, legitimize the use of substances that destroy lives, and increase crime rates in the neighborhoods where these so-called safe injection sites are situated. California lawmakers also ignore the fact that supervised injection sites violate the Federal Controlled Substances Act, and law enforcement officials in California are mostly united in their opposition to the idea. Governor Jerry Brown should veto this dangerous legislation. To do otherwise is to send the message that abusing illicit drugs is okay. I'm Lon He Chen. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Are you ready for something real? I think people just want something real. Are you ready for a church where people are genuine? You know, it's been our motto since I was a kid. I'm a real person living a real life for a real Jesus, having a real good time. Then you're ready for real church, a life-giving church doing whatever it takes for you to know love and live purpose. We're a family and coming in to help and serve. Join us at Real Church beginning September 16th with services at 10 a.m. and 1130 in the Clearwater High School Auditorium at 504 Hercules Avenue. As they walk through they see people holding these signs that say that you're welcome here we're glad you're here they see smiling faces and people welcoming them real church with pastor david phillips beginning september 16th with services at 10 a.m and 11:30 in the clearwater high school auditorium i see real church as a church that's so genuine and so real that it helps to change the culture of your home it helps to change the culture of your job and empowers you to be jesus to your world details at realchurch.us that's realchurch.us If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Saturday mornings at 1030, join us for The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. That was their answer. Evolution. (laughs) Evolution. It just evolved that way. And that's kind of the all-purpose explanation when you don't know something. Oh, evolution explains it. It's it's kind of a, a, a 
placeholder for ignorance. The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, Saturday mornings at 1030 on Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Online at com. Welcome back to the Bill Carl Show here on Faith Talk 570-910-FM-102.1. I'm Bill Carl. For the break, we were talking with Sarah Wells. She's the author of the book, The Family Bible Devotional. You can learn more at sarahmariewells.com. In addition to this, she is an editor. She is a director of content marketing. She lives in Ashland, Ohio, and she's got three young kids and a husband. And I'm so thankful that you could spare another few minutes to hang out with us because I'm sure you still have a ton to do today. A couple little things here and there. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you a question. What time? So last night, I finished up everything I needed to finish up before I could lay down and read my Tom Clancy novel, and it was like eight oh five. And my wife was still at the table. She's a school teacher getting lessons done, and I think she was eight thirty, maybe a quarter of nine. What time will Sarah Wells be done tonight? I usually end up in bed between ten thirty and eleven. All right. Well, that's pretty yeah. late. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you a night owl or no? Um, I think I'm a night owl and an early bird. So <laughs> I think I've got it on both ends. But. Well, one of the things I really like about this book is that it does give a structure for busy parents and for parents who just, you know, listen, you know what? We're not all scholars and we're not all well organized. And to be able to have a resource that you can go to and share the word of God with your kids and have that hopefully sink in is just such a blessing. What are you hoping that parents and kids take away from your book? One of the things I've, I'm, my biggest hope, I guess, is, you know, I, the hardest part of the book for me to write was Old Testament mm. uh, stories because they're so, they're from a foreign land and they're from a foreign time. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a hard time relating to things that happened a hundred years ago, let alone 3,000 years ago. Um, so for me, I really wanted to try to provide some context for some of those Old Testament stories and why they're even included in the Bible. And, uh, in order to do that, I positioned Old Testament stories in between New Testament stories so that you could hear Jesus talking about something from Passover and then read about the Passover in the Old Testament and see why this mattered and what the audience at the time that was listening to Jesus talk, what they would have known just by blinking. Like Mm -hmm. this is just second nature to them. But for us, it's also foreign and confusing and just different that I really, um, that was one of my big goals beyond just getting into the Bible and getting to know God better and um, understanding how we can relate to God. I really wanted to try to help people understand better how the Old Testament stories relate to what we know about Jesus. Wow. Well, you know, it's, and here's what comes up. Now, listen, I I mean, I wasn't raised with this, with devotionals, that type of thing. But later on, I went to Bible college. I have a four-year degree in pastoral ministries. And I still, my kids still come up with questions that I can't answer or that I feel like I have an answer, but it's probably not the right answer. 
What advice do you give to folks whose kids ask them that type of question and they don't have the right answer or an answer? It it might sound like a cop-out, but I don't know is such a freeing response when Mm -hmm. you are a child um, to hear an adult not have the answer and say, you know, it's still okay, though, because we have faith. And this is the God that we know and we trust, and we can walk forward and seek after answers and try to continue to pursue truth. But there's still that, you know, a huge element of our uh, journey is about trusting. And sometimes we're not going to have the answers. And a lot of times we probably won't have the answers. And that's okay. I think um, one of my big uh, goals with my own family is to help them have roots in faith and in um, and in our church tradition, but to also be open to the mysteries of Christ and the mysteries of the church. And that's a really beautiful and not addressed area in our culture a whole lot. We don't like mysteries mm. <laughs> unless there's a solution, you know, unless there's an answer right at the end. And, you know, Christ is the ultimate answer, but he is this giant, uh, you know, huge mysterious thing, you know? Well, listen, I think in the age of the helicopter mom and the age of the helicopter dad, we have this conception that we have, my kids have to know, they have to have everything. They have to Mm -hmm. know everything. They are not, listen, if I, if I don't get this done, they're going to be living in my basement when they're 24. (laughs) And, And so we put some expectations that aren't always realistic, but I think what's really important about this book is it does give a structure to just at least have the conversation, especially in the culture we live in and the time we live in when people are so skeptical to at least at that age and just within 30 seconds left say, Hey, there's a God. He is personal and here's his story. Yes, absolutely. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Excited to dive deeper into the Family Bible devotional. If you'd like to learn more about the book, maybe like to get a copy, Amazon, I would imagine. Yep, absolutely. And the website is sarahmariewells.com. I'm Bill Carl, back with more on the Bill Carl Show in just a few moments. Lauren Sullivan and I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis nine years ago and I was severely disabled and about six years ago my mother had found balance of nature so we decided to give it a try because at that point uh, nothing was helping I was skeptical at first but over time I realized I had more energy levels Um, I was sleeping better which was huge and my hair looked better my skin looked better my nails looked better And then I was able to weed off some of those medications. And I know had I not found Balance of Nature, I would not be living the quality of life that I am now. When you call, use discount code NOW. And we'll take 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies and have them shipped to you free. Call 800-246-8751. That's 1-800-246-8751. 
2468751 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code now. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park online at letstalkfaith.com a service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. As Hurricane Florence approaches the Carolinas, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper warns residents that the storm is a monster. That's why I'm ordering a mandatory state evacuation for our barrier islands. And I'm directing the people of North Carolina to obey local evacuation orders that have already been issued and will be issued along our coast. President Trump says the federal government is ready for the arrival of Hurricane Florence. The safety of American people is my absolute highest priority. We are sparing no expense. Uh, We are totally prepared. We're ready. Uh, We're as ready as anybody's ever been. Florence is expected to blow ashore late Thursday or early Friday, then slow down and wring itself out for days, unloading one to two and a half feet of rain. Remembering 17 years ago today when terrorists struck the United States, Ceremonies were held in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Edwin Morales, who lost his firefighter cousin on 9-11 in New York City, says the wound is still fresh. It never gets easier. As the years go on, it, it just I still remember that day that we was told that Ruby was missing. And he was never found, so this is his, actually his resting spot. His, his memorial is here. Tuesday's ceremony to commemorate the 17th anniversary included moments of silence and tolling bells. Some of the youngest readers at the ceremonies weren't born when their loved ones were killed. A new poll shows just 25% of Americans say it's very or extremely important a political candidate has strong religious beliefs. That poll released Tuesday by the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research and shows 19% consider it very or extremely important. On Wall Street, that up by 114 points. The Nasdaq rose 48. The S&P advanced 11. More on these stories at townhall.com. All right. To all of our listeners out there who are age 75 or older and own a $100,000 life insurance policy or larger, I want you to get a pen and I want you to write this information down. If you're age 75 or older and have a $100,000 or larger life policy, did you know you can convert that life policy into cash right now? I'm not kidding. You can turn your life insurance policy into cold, hard cash. I know the economy's been a struggle for many. People need cash. They need it right away. And you can get cash right away for your life policy. If you're over 75, you have a $100,000 or larger life policy. I want you to write this number down and give these folks a call. It's all free. Get rid of those insurance premiums. Stop paying those. Turn that policy into cash. Write this number down. 844-WE-BUY-75. Use the cash to pay bills, medical bills, whatever. Call 844-WE-BUY-75. That's 844-WE-BUY-75. Call now. Brought to you by Golden Opportunity. Former independent prosecutor Ken Starr believes that a sitting president can be indicted but he explains why he believes Donald Trump won't be. I believe he can. The Justice Department says no. And that's been the traditional uh, policy of the Justice Department. And Bob Mueller is bound by that. Starr, the former independent counsel whose investigation led to President Bill Clinton's impeachment, doesn't think President Trump has obstructed justice in the case of the Russia investigation. I have seen nothing that the president has done to obstruct justice. In fact, to the contrary, from what I read, and of course I'm behind the veil of ignorance, There is every indication that the president, through his lawyers, has been cooperating 
to an extraordinary extent. He says Trump has the power to direct the Justice Department to not subpoena him in the Russia investigation, but Starr says that would be unwise. Starr was on the Salem Radio Network. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. A survey shows that optimism among investment professionals about Germany's economy rose in September amid relief over a trade ceasefire between President Donald Trump and the European Union. The ZEW Institute says its index rose to minus 10.6 points from minus 13.7 points. Oliver Rockow, chief German economist at Oxford Economics, says, quote, market participants' economic expectations continue to be bolstered by the preliminary EU-U.S. trade deal that took U.S. car tariffs off the table for now. Mr. Trump has agreed to hold off on new tariffs on imported cars while U.S. and EU officials negotiate. That's Jeremy House. Britain's Treasury chief says that striking a divorce deal with the European Union over the next two months is doable. With Brexit a little more than six months away, concerns have grown that the sides will not reach a deal because the British Parliament and the governing Conservative Party are divided on what Britain's future relationship with the EU should be. More on these stories at townhall.com. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is brought to you by EDI Travel. Four blocks north of the World Trade Center, the second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. Uh, today we've had a national tragedy. All firefighters in New York City should report to duty. You are needed today. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center. United 93, Cleveland. United 93, Cleveland. Great harm has been done to us. There is panic on the streets. We have suffered great loss, and in our grief and anger, we have found our mission and our moment. We will rally the world to this cause by our efforts, by our courage. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Five oh seven. You're listening to Faith Talk five seventy nine ten and FM one hundred two point one. I'm Bill Carl. Thanks for joining me uh, this afternoon. Uh, of course, today nine eleven. In the first hour, I talked about what that meant 
uh, for our country. I talked about what that meant personally to my wife, Missy, and I, uh, as she lost her cousin, Tim Finnerty, in uh, those towers, and what it was like for the years afterward for us, uh, personally. Um, and, um, you know, strangely enough, uh, about a year after that, there was a fundraiser for Tim uh, for a foundation for him. It was called the Fund for Finn, and they, uh, it was set up by a bunch of his buddies, and they used that to uh, help build youth basketball courts in Rutherford, New Jersey, where Tim grew up. And uh, we actually flew up to New Jersey for a what's called a, you know, here they have fundraising dinners. They'll have, they have up there, they have this thing called the, a beefsteak. And you basically go and they give you little you know, pieces of steak on bread. And it's, it's a fundraiser, it's a silent auction. But the guy who actually was kind enough uh, to uh, MC that event was Brian Kilmeade, who is now on Fox and Friends in the morning. So kind of a neat thing there. Uh, it, and over the years, 9-11 has been very difficult for us, except one year. And that was the year that Zachary came. Zachary is our son. And um, Zachary is the one, and I was kind of a little sad in the first hour, but I wanted to kind of bring you some hope in the second hour. Uh, Zachary was the son, the the child that the doctors told us we would not be able to have. We tried for a number of years, and just one doctor, he said, you know, it could happen, but, you know. But everybody else was like, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, you're going to have to, unless you do fertility treatments, unless you do all this kind of crazy medical stuff. And we tried some of that as much as we ethically felt like that we could. Um, several years, lots of heartache, lots of tears. And um, we decided in 2004, rather, I'm sorry, early 2000, yeah, late 2000, early 2005, sorry. Uh, that we were going to adopt. And so we decided, like many people at that time, we were going to adopt from China. Um, and we called an adoption agency, met, we were going to meet with them. We had an appointment, and it was that week, three days from that. And Missy, I came home from work, and I, she said, you know, I think, I think I'm pregnant. I was like, no. And I, I, I just didn't want to be, because we'd been down that road so many times before, you don't want to be discouraging. But she says, no, really, really, I think I think that I am. So we went out and got the little test there, little pregnancy test, and there was. She was pregnant. And we made it to term, and we were like, what are we going to name this one? And we were we're both impatient. We were We couldn't be these people who wait to find out the gender of their baby, the sex of their baby. Uh, we found out as a boy, and we decided to name him Zachary which means God remembered. And I do, do we have that little clip over there? Just a little bit. I've, over the years, I've kind of recorded him. Uh, it's one of the great things about being in radio. You don't get, a, there's not a lot of perks, but one of the perks is you can get the voices of your children when they're little. Go ahead and pop that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Hi, Grandpa. Hi, Grandma. Happy birthday, Grandpa. Here's something for you. A, B, C, D, E, F, D. H-I-J-K-M-N-O-P-Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-N-Z. Now I know my ABCs. 
Next time, won't you sing with me? Okay, very good. Can you sing another song? I'm going to sing Tinto El Dog. Okay. Tinto, Tinto El Dog. How I wonder what you are. Up button, the wall is so high. I a diamond in a sky. Tinto, Tinto El Dog. How I wonder what Oh, that's good. That's good. He's going to kill me because you know what? He's 13 now. (laughs) We had his 13th birthday this weekend and took him uh, and some friends uh, out on Saturday to um, one of these arcade places. And they played and we ate pizza. And then uh, on Sunday, uh, we took him to Wakiva Springs and went swimming. And so, but anyway, in the midst of all of that, that was the September uh, that we didn't necessarily remember, and I was so thankful. So there are good things that happen. And if you're in a dark place right now, whatever your memories are of something that has hurt you, whether it was uh, 9-11, whether it was a storm uh, like Irma or Florence is blowing toward the Carolinas right now, I just want to let you know there's some sunshine in that. There's some light in there, too, and I just pray uh, that those memories would flood your memory today. Coming in just a moment, we're going to go ahead and uh, bring on David Phillips. He and his wife, Courtney, are beginning a brand new church this Sunday. It's called Real Church at Countryside High School. Services at uh, 10 in the morning and 1130 in the morning in the auditorium there. And a little bit later on, Daniel Bernard, his son Luke, and the new movie, The Favorite. It's all coming up here on The Bill Carl Show. Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory has a free gift for you, the Elijah map. We're using the prophet's life to uncover seven secrets for living a successful and significant life. See the fascinating story of the prophet's journey with insights into his impact upon God's people and learn how to impact your world for God. Get your free copy of the Elijah map at letstalkfaith.com, keyword map. That's letstalkfaith.com, keyword map. Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel. Just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who will make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. Writing a Christian book 
you're doing an amazing thing, getting it all down on paper. But once you've got the manuscript, then what? Well, you can spend a year or more trying to find a publisher, or you can cut right to the chase. Make your book real with Zulon Press. Finding a publisher is time-consuming and uncertain. With Zulon Press, things are quick and definite. They specialize in one thing, helping Christian authors put their books in print. Zulon Press will publish your book. Zulon Press gets it into bookstores. Your book is on Amazon. Work with Zulon Press and there's no question, you are a published author. If you're writing a Christian book, get your free publishing guide from Zulon Press. Just log on to ChristianPublishing.com. That's ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press, book publishing by Christians for Christians. Get your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press is a division of Salem Communications, the same people who bring you this nifty radio station. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. I'm Bill Carl. Thanks so much for listening to Faith Talk 570910 FM 102.1. Maybe you've heard the phrase, it's either crazy or it's God. <laughs> it's that and certainly uh, at times, to hear the voice of the Lord and to follow that can be, and most times is, an exercise in faith. And I'm so thankful to be introducing to you uh, David Phillips. He is a pastor in the Tampa Bay area, Clearwater as a matter of fact, who a year ago, he and his wife, uh, Courtney, heeded that call without any anchor, without any, you know, thing other than God's voice saying, come to Clearwater and begin a church. And now in a, in a little bit, in a few days, that church, real church, begins its first services at Clearwater High School. And with that being the beginning of the story, David, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Bill. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. So uh, just to give you listening a little bit of uh, background, a few months ago, uh, David and Jade, who is associated with the church, came in and they were like, yeah, we're going to... We're doing this church, and it's going to be amazing. And, and and there's a YouTube video, and I was just like, "All right, well, tell me where, where are you meeting? Oh, we're not we're not there yet, <laughs> but but by faith, it's going to happen." It, listen, I'm I'm not a skeptic by nature, but I was like, "Okay, all right, well, let's we'll see how that goes." And you know what? God has blessed, and that journey is about to come fruition. Uh, September 16th services at 10 and 11:30. I guess the best place now that we've kind of come to the end is to start back at the beginning. And so tell us your story, David. Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. I, I grew up, I grew up, uh, going to church. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say, uh, I, I was drugged to church from, from the time <laughs> that I was a kid, you know? Uh, but, but I actually liked it. I came to know Jesus as a, as a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember that time. My dad led me to Jesus, uh, but I know it was real because I've just known him as long as I can remember. And I, I never really planned on planting a church. It wasn't, it wasn't my dream. I, uh, I actually ran from ministry. Mm. Um, my dad being a pastor, my mom being a principal, uh, everyone always told me that I would either be a teacher or a, a pastor one, one day. And I always said, heck no, I won't. <laughs> and so after college, a church wanted to hire me as the, the college young adult pastor and math teacher, which is exactly what I said I'd never do. Right. And so I knew that that was submitting to that call and I jonah it. You know, if you know the Jonah story, right. I ran hardcore and ended up in the belly of the whale. So I'm going to jump in here because we've had this conversation. You not only did a Jonah, you did a real Jonah. 
you left and you joined the Navy and tell everyone what you became in the Navy. Yeah, I, I was a submarine officer aboard the USS Rhode Island Gold, uh, which is a boomer. Um, which right means, into the belly of the fish. Right in the belly of the fish. You're exactly right. <laughs> What's a boomer? What does that mean? Uh, we carried the ballistic missiles as strategic deterrence. So wow. you pray that no none of the, the other nations do anything stupid because you're the ones with the that you know have control over the red button. You want to come back from <laughs> you want to come back from a six month cruise and say absolutely nothing happened. Exactly. Right. They, we were silent and 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 no bad things happened around the world. <laughs> wow. So very successful. Then, obviously, in the Navy to become an officer, what was the turning point there? When did you say, you know what, enough of uh, the military life? And by the way, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you, Bill. Yeah, so I I ran from, from ministry. I wasn't necessarily running from God. I wanted to do ministry wherever I was because that's, you know, we're all ministers of the gospel. So God was moving in a major way on the, on the submarine. Uh, there was a lot of people coming to Jesus. And there was just this moment in time when, you know, I was going through some, some really difficult things in, in my life and learning a lot. And I just, I screamed out to God in my quiet time, why am I here? I don't understand. Why am I here? And he reminded me of my father mm-hmm. who's a pastor, but before he was a pastor, he was a high school football coach in Wisner, Louisiana, which was the most drugs per capita in the United States at the time. And he made a promise to God that every Thursday night, and he always told me this story. Every Thursday night, he would uh, drive the school bus to the projects, pick up, pick up the kids and their parents and take them to the local church and preach the gospel to them. And he promised God he'd do that every Thursday night for a full year. My little brother was born on a Thursday night wow. that year, and he was there for the birth and then left to go do what he promised God he would do. Wow. Yeah. So he, he always told me that story and he said, son, this was my seminary. This mm-hmm. is where I learned the character necessary to carry the call. This is where I learned the love necessary to love anyone and everyone. And in that moment on the submarine, God, why am I here? He reminded me of that. And tears streaming down my face. He said, son, this is your seminary. This is where you're learning the character necessary to carry the call. This is where you're learning the compassion necessary to love anyone and everyone. And so I submitted in that moment, (laughs) instead of running and doing the whole Jonah thing, even if I'm doing following my dad's footsteps or my mom's footsteps, whatever, um, I will follow you into full-time ministry if that's what it means. You're listening to Faith Talk 570, 910, FM 102.1. He's planted a church called Real Church. Realchurch.us is the website. And the very first services begin on September 16th, not too long from now, 10 o'clock in the morning with another service at 1130. So let's let's get to real church. Uh, when you kind of look at what that's supposed to be like, what that's going to feel like, when that's when you see that kind of in your mind's eye, what does real church look like on a Sunday morning? Man, that is a wonderful question, and I'm extremely excited to answer that. If you're listening right now, I, I want you to picture in your mind's eye, maybe, maybe before you came to know Jesus, or, or maybe this is you, maybe, maybe you're, you're struggling right now. And, you know, growing up to, and going to church, I always heard stories. And sometimes my own family, when you drive to church that Sunday morning, a lot of times that's when the family fights the most in the car ride over there, you're fighting. And, and, and then when you get to church, you say, you know, Hey, Hey, hey Johnny, be quiet. And, you know, and you guys wipe your, put a smile on your face. Let's look good. As we walk into this place, <laughs> you get out, you know, and you're still flustered and frustrated. Yes. And well, what if, what if, you know, there's this family, maybe it's your friends that, you know, think of them, put them in your mind's eye that they haven't been to church in 10, 15 years, or are they've been going to church and, 
and just off and on, maybe at Christers, you know, the Christmas and Easter uh, services. And they drive, they drive up to Clearwater High School to real church, and they've just got done fighting, you know, and, and, and they're just doing their Sunday morning routine. They drive in, and as they open the door, there's, there's these parking lot greeters and things that are smiling and waving at them, and it just seems genuine. And Well, let me key on that, genuine. I mean, I just think from the greeters to everything that happens after that, that has to be the tone, doesn't it? It absolutely does. I mean, I think people just want something real. So, you know, it's been our motto since, like I said, since I was a kid, I'm a real person living a real life for a real Jesus, having a real good time. So take us, take us into the, into this service, take us into the, the worship and the, in the, in the sense of belonging there. Yeah. So this, this family, as they get out, you know, they're, they're greeted by the, the parking team. They go in and they see this, they see bubbles and, and excitement, you know, for the kids and the kids are like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And they begin to check their kids into this safe, fun, exciting atmosphere for the kids ministry mm-hmm. where they're, they're ministered to and showed the love of Jesus and the parents know that it's safe so they can leave their kids there, but they actually get to leave their kids for an hour and five minutes, an hour and 10 minutes, um, which is amazing for parents. As they walk through, they see people holding these signs that, uh, that say that, you know, real love, that you're welcome here. We're glad you're here. And they see smiling faces and people welcoming them. And they know that these faces aren't just painted on, but there's something deeper there that they've experienced and they want. As they walk in, they see, you know, free coffee and donuts and and, and when they taste the coffee, it's actually good coffee. It's not cheap, you know. And then they walk into this auditorium, and the auditorium is lively and fun. There's excitement, and they see the band kick off, and there's lights and fog, and and they look and it, it it almost looks like a concert. But yet, as they see the band playing, it's such so much more than a performance. It's almost as if the people that are singing these songs actually believe them and sang them in the closet, <laughs> sang them at their in their own homes you know, in their own alone time, worshiping God with everything that they had. And this is just an outflow of their daily lives. Mm. So as they're listening to this worship music, they're, they're almost drawn in to begin singing and they begin to feel the tangible presence of God and know that there's a deeper love and a deeper peace than they've ever experienced in their life. As the music ends and, and the speaker comes up, either that, whether that's me or that's my wife or, or someone else speaking that day, they feel and know that Man, it feels almost as if God's speaking right to them and it's loving and uplifting and shows that they have value because it's the kindness of God that leads a person to repentance. Maybe in this service, this time, they don't actually give their life to Jesus. But as they walk out, they see the same kind of love. They get their kids and their kids are like, mommy, daddy, we have to come back next Sunday. I mean, this was amazing. We had so much fun. They get in the car and there's an aftertaste in their in their brain, an aftertaste, a feeling that man, I just experienced something that I haven't experienced in a long time or maybe ever. And they they talk about it. You know, we need to go back next Sunday. The next Sunday, they wake up and they remember their their kids come and say, hey, are we going to church today? Are we going to church today? They go back and experience the same kind of love, the same kind of aftertaste. About four or five weeks later, they end up giving their life to Jesus because they've just been around his love in such a way that that impacted them in a real way. They make it home and they continue to go to the church Sunday after Sunday, six, eight weeks later, they find that the atmosphere in their home is beginning to uh, mirror the same love, joy, and peace atmosphere that's in the church. The next, 
you know, a couple weeks later, they find on Monday morning or Monday evening, Tuesday evening, they're op- actually opening the Bible and beginning to read and hear and understand that God speaks to them in just the same way he speaks to the pastor. There's no difference there. They have the same Jesus inside of them. The same power that rose, Jesus, uh, rose him from the grave is living in them and they can hear his voice because they have a relationship with him now. Next thing you know, not only is the culture of their home changing, but now they're going to their jobs and the people at their jobs are noticing that there's more joy and more peace and less stress in their coworker. And so they begin to ask what's going on, what's going different. And instead of, Hey, you got to come to church and see this thing. They begin to tell their story about what's Jesus doing is in their heart because it's more of a go and tell instead of a come and see. And next thing you know, they're leading their coworkers to Jesus just because of what God has been doing in them. See, I I see real church as a church that's so genuine and so real that it helps to change the culture of your home. It helps to change the culture of your job and empowers you to be Jesus to your world. I see that's that's real church. Wow. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) My goodness. I'm wow. That is strong. And uh, I I know as you listen to David Phillips talk about that, that has to stir your heart uh, as well. And so if you're looking for that place to belong and what he said is something that went right to the core of who you are, maybe you want to be a part of real church, which begins September 16th at the Clearwater High School Auditorium, 10 o'clock service in the morning, of course, another one at 1130. And you can learn more at realchurch.us. I'm Bill Carl. Uh, it's just, I know the conversation is good when it goes quickly and the minutes have just flown by as we've had this conversation, uh, David, let's say you and I sit down three years from now and take a look back at real, really for you has been over a year long journey that God placed in your heart and then a year in clear water and, and working with, uh, pastor Aaron and, and everything that you've done to be faithful to God's call to lay that groundwork. Three years from now, as this period ends and then you begin that, what, what, and I say, what happened? What do you, what do you hope to say about that? Yeah, that, that goes back to our vision and mission. Uh, I'm excited about it. See, real church, whatever it takes for, we'll do whatever it takes for you to know love and live purpose. Number one, by engaging the culture with the love of Jesus. Number two, by equipping the believer because once you're engaged, you come to know him, you know, but, but then by equipping that, equipping the believer to engage the culture with the love of Jesus. Then number three, which is where we'll be in three years, is empower the ready mm-hmm. to live their purpose. So we want to give our lives so that other people can live out their God-given dreams, their God-given purpose. I'm praying God sends us business leaders, pastors, ministers, missionaries, Walmart greeters, people that have a, a dream, and and we want to lay down our lives so that they can live that out. I want to plant other churches um, with with some of the people that God sends us. I want to I want to send people overseas. I want to I want to send people around the nation. I want to help other churches to launch and to launch strong uh, because that's what we are doing and that's what we're going to do. And and I, I don't care if that's a a church with a different name three miles down the road. It's not my kingdom. It's his. If 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 God sends them to us, we're going to train, equip with what he's trained and equipped us with. And we're going to send them out and be radically generous when we do it. I love that spirit of servanthood and that spirit of humility. I think, and I'm seeing that among a lot of younger pastors these days. It seems like uh, guys like Aaron Burr. And guys like you who are like, listen, we as long we don't care who gets the credit as long as Jesus is glorified and people are changed. 
I'm just thankful for our time today. And listen, again, as you've listened and maybe you've been sparked in your spirit, check out realchurch.us or realchurch.us is how you want it said. There we and, go. And yeah. now, yeah, realchurch.us <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and check out what uh, David and his folks are up to. And again, September 16th, Sunday morning services at Clearwater High School, 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. So, Carl, with you, so a while back, I wanted to set up a studio interview, uh, a recording session with my next guest, and he said, I can't. And I said, why? He said, I'm making a movie in Clearwater about my life, about my family's life, and John Schneider, who used to be on the Dukes of Hazard, is playing me. I was like, okay, all right. Well, that movie, The Favorite, is now out. And that person, Dr. Daniel Bernard, is joining us next here in the Faith Talk studios. You're listening to Faith Talk 57910 FM 102.1, The Bill Carl Show. We'll be right back. Oh, it's not hard to know what you're thinking when you're down on me now. You're Here's the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Forecasters at the University of Michigan predict that 2.4 million people could lose power from Hurricane Florence and some outages could be prolonged. That's about a quarter of the number who suffered outages from Hurricane Sandy, which hit a more populated area around New Jersey in 2012. Seth Geikema is an associate professor of engineering at Michigan. He says outages could be more widespread if Florence veers north or stalls, leading to flooding. The estimate is based on the National Hurricane Center's forecast on Florence's path and wind speeds. Duke Energy spokeswoman Grace Roundtree says the utility doesn't forecast outages, but is anticipating significant widespread outages from a storm of this magnitude. A good day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by 114 points. The Nasdaq rose 48. The S&P advanced 11. Oil up $1.71 to $69.25 a barrel. This is SRN News. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda, that's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. But if only you could see them, you would know from their faces there were kings and queens followed by princes and princesses. There were future power people throwing love to the loveless, shining a light because they wanted it seen. Welcome back to the Bill Carl Show. Thanks for listening on this Tuesday afternoon to Faith Talk 570910 and FM 102.1. Uh, great opportunity for our pastors to have a day to relax and fellowship with one another. Coming up, it's October 11th at Armature Works. It's a Pastors Appreciation Day, and we've been doing it for a while now. We've pretty much got it down to a science where, Pastor, you're going to come out there. You're going to have a great time with friends. You're going to enjoy a terrific meal, be encouraged by um, Mark Bailey from Dallas Theological Seminary, and uh, some great door prizes. It's just our way of saying thank you for all you do for our community. Details at letstalkfaith.com. So I was talking about this earlier. Last year, I went to meet uh, with a number of uh, pastors uh, and some folks from Somebody Cares Tampa Bay, and every year we do a feature with them around Easter time. Uh, called uh, uh, Seek God for the City. And I sat with Pastor Dr. Daniel Bernard, and we talked about that. And then I said, hey, listen, I, I need you to come over to the studio and record some things. And he said, I can't. What do you mean? We're making a movie. I was really? Goes, yeah, we're making a movie. And uh, John Schneider is in it from the Dukes of Hazard. I said, no, really? He goes, yeah, in fact, we're going to be over here. We're trying to get all the craft services together, and so we're making this movie. Well, that movie is coming out, and it is called The Favorite. And uh, what a story it is. It is the really inspired by events that took place in the writer and the producer's life, Luke Bernard, after a near-fatal car accident, which really resulted in a, in a huge miracle. So to talk about that today is Dr. Daniel Bernard, the producer of the movie, and Luke Bernard, the producer and the writer. And guys, I had a chance to just, I viewed the, the trailer a, a couple of different times, and it's a great-looking movie. I'm looking forward to it. Now, you're hitting theaters with it this week, right? Am I right? Nope. We are in theaters You are in right theaters now. now. People okay. can go right now. Where to? to see it. Uh, any any Regal Theater in the Tampa Bay area, we are in. We're in a Studio Movie Grill in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're we're in the, the Cop Theaters in Tampa Bay area as well. So we're in there. And if uh, people, if they go to uh, thefavoritemovie.com, you'll see a tab out there. It says theaters and tickets where you can see what theaters we're in and um, way to purchase your ticket. And if they're in the Riverview area, that's showing at uh, the, the Escape okay. uh, in Riverview. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, that website is thefavoritemovie.com. And have a look. Uh, check out the, the just that trailer they have there. And then find the theater closest to you, Regal Theater. Uh, Cobb, you talked about the Studio studio Grill? Studio Movie Grill. Studio Movie Grill. Uh, they're doing it as well. So just talk about, I, I, first of all, set the stage for us. Uh, what were the events that led you to make this movie to to be begin to even conceive the script for this? Well, I, <laughs> well, it it's it's inspired by my near fatal car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out in L.A. pursuing to be an actor, and even though I was raised in a Christian home, my father's a minister, I I was struggling, and uh, I was 
had this perception that I had to be this perfect Christian to be loved and right with God. So I knew I was supposed to, so I would strive for that. I still went to church in my young adult group. But when I was out with my friends, I felt like I couldn't be that way all the time. And so I did what they did, and they drank, so I drank. Mm -hmm. And I was the funny drunk, and everybody loves the funny drunk because he's entertaining. Uh, So there was a battle that was going on, not knowing where I belonged and fit in, and struggling with thinking that God didn't really love me because I wasn't this perfect Christian. Then I'm in this car accident, uh, two broken vertebrates, uh, facial fractures, my rib fractures, and removal of a four-by-five-inch piece of my skull to remove two blood clots mm-hmm. and allow my brain to swell because I suffered traumatic brain injury. Um, medically, I was a GCS of three with a Glasgow Coma Scale of three with dilated and fixed pupils. And so those in medical staff, they know that um, that's pretty much you're I'm, on the way out. I'm dead, pretty much. And it would be a miracle if I live in a vegetative state, but here I am speaking with you. So mm. obviously uh, I was healed miraculously. And so that changed my perception about God and his love for me and for all of us. And that's what inspired me to write this this movie script. And um, it's inspired by my realization and my healing. Mm-hmm. So it's really, and it's interesting, by the way, we're talking with uh, Luke Bernard, the producer and writer of The Favorite, which is out in theaters now, and his dad, Daniel Bernard, Dr. Daniel Bernard. You probably know him from Somebody Cares Tampa Bay, also uh, the producer of this movie. So as I was reading through the, the bio and just trying to get my head wrapped around it, that was, it said, inspired by real-life events, and I thought, well, I know Dr. Bernard, but I don't know his family really well. Are there two brothers who were at odds with each other? I mean, how does this thing work? And you kind of explained it pretty quickly before we jumped on the air that really it's the story of you kind of being trying to be a perfectionist but also the real you and trying to bring that all together. Am I getting close to the mark? It's, it's pretty much correct. It's basically it was the the two sides of me that were – were struggling to uh, to fit in. Uh, one was, you know, trying, striving to be this perfect Christian. The other one was, you know, striving to be liked by his friends. Sure, you know, so so it's kind of like the picks of those those two parts of me. And uh, in, in a way, uh, obviously, being a movie, it's not that sure. that right. blunt, but. Uh, Yes, so so, but it, it, this all came from a dream that I had, uh, and uh, because of my traumatic brain injury, I was struggling to sleep at night. But one night, I fell into a deep sleep, and I had a vivid dream about these two brothers. And one brother was, you know, this this guy that everyone loved and liked, and he went to church. He's an athlete. He's the good guy. Yeah, he's the good guy. And the other brother, there was a sibling rivalry. He's like, why does everybody like him? I don't want to be around with him, go to church. I don't want to do any of that. And they're driving, and a car accident happens. Mm-hmm. And this is all my dream. It's so vivid and real. And Mr. Popular had all the same injuries that happened with me and the same miraculous healing that happened with me. No more broken vertebrates, all those things. And the other brother, he had the same awakening hmm. that he's loved just the way he is 
And I woke up the next morning. I was super excited because I slept. And I don't sleep at night because of my brain injury. <laughs> but I was more excited about this this dream I had. And I mm. felt like this is supposed to be a movie. I'm supposed to write a movie script. And my parents, they they like, oh, write into a script, Luke. Write it into a script. Thinking, oh, is it going to help him with his recovery? Because right. I just finished my rehabilitation. So, Daniel, you were just like, okay, therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, I just thought this is going to be good for therapy, write it down, that kind of thing. And then, you know, I don't think he's ever written more than 15 pages in his life. He's a graduate from UCF. But all of a sudden, like a month later and 88 pages later, we got this story. And I read it. And I said, wow, you know, this is something. I shared it with a couple of people I knew had produced movies. And he said, you know, this has got legs on it. I said, really? And so, you know, so the basis of the of the story continued to be the same, but you know, like any script, it goes through a bunch of... A lot of massaging. A lot of changes. I had one, uh, a good friend of ours, Dave DeBoard, he said, you know, it's like it's like you frame the house, and then after that, you move a lot of furniture. So, well, we moved the furniture a lot of times, but basically, <laughs> the story remained the same all throughout, and uh, and so here it is, this dream that he had, uh, you know, becomes a script, which has become a movie, and so it's just, I mean, the hand of God is all over this thing, so it's it's incredible, and it's so powerful with the family dynamics the father-son relationships you're that you're going to see and and just family you know the and, and and like luke shares is that you know the the premise of the movie is regardless of your family dynamics background whatever god says you're his favorite so we tell people you know the father sent his favorite so we all could become his favorites and that's really the message of the movie uh and and and, and because of that we're really wanting christians to really think and use this as a means to reach the unsaved because there is such a powerful, authentic, and raw salvation scene in this movie that they want to, I mean, that'll bring you to tears. Uh, so, in fact, I tell women, I said, it's a guy film that women love and that millennial, that, uh, that, that makes women cry, but millennials love. Mm. So uh, it's a four out of five tissue movie, guys. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, really, it's, it's really powerful. Well, maybe you have that one friend that you have trouble sharing the Lord with. Or exactly. You're just looking for that in. And you could just take him to this movie. It's called The Favorite. It's uh, on screens all around the Tampa Bay area. You can learn more at thefavoritemovie.com. For the cost of a movie ticket, maybe a, a bucket of popcorn and a Coke, uh, you could see somebody, somebody come to know the Lord. And, you know, you guys really, I mean, first of all, I know Dave DeBoard. Great guy. Great talent. And you've had a lot of folks involved with this who are just uh, stellar writers and producers. But here was kind of the the big one for me when you said you had John Schneider coming in to the, do this movie. Now, listen, I, I have friends who have sent me movies they've produced, and some of them are not so great. You want to be encouraging, but you're just kind of like, oh, it's not that great. There's really, you know. But you guys got some top flight folks involved with that. How do you do that? How do you get a John Schneider and a UFC welterweight champion like Tyrone, Tyron Woodley to come in and do this with you? Yeah, I mean, he just defended his title Saturday, and uh, so it's pretty amazing. Well, you know, it, it's just, again, you pray, and, and just the hand of God is on it. I we, we stumbled across this casting director who has really never casted a movie before, but then she, but uh, but but she's been an assistant casting director, mm-hmm. so we gave her an opportunity to actually be a casting director, and so it just happened that she met this other guy who actually had done a film that went straight to DVD with John Schneider, and when we were hiring him to be a part of the crew, and and so I talked to him, he gave me John Schneider's manager's number, and we worked out a deal, wow. you know, and uh, John was real humble. I mean, I mean, he kept his costs down, you know, for him, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and then and then we had a Christian stunt coordinator. 
you know, obviously we're doing MMA. And that's a cool thing, too, because when you say MMA, you don't say church. So, that, you know, this automatically is going to help get some you know, unsafe folks there. Mm-hmm. But he goes like, you know, so we said, yeah, we, you know, according to SAG rules, we're going to need an M- we're going to need a stunt coordinator. And so, you know, you know, send in your stuff. Let's check it out. And so we said yes to him. And he said, hey, how would you like to have the welterweight champion of the world in your movie? He said, I know him. And I said, no way. I said, of course we want to have him. And so he picked up the phone. And, and, and the amazing thing is that Ty was doing a – he had a, uh, another title fight. And it was like three days later he was going to have to fly and be a part of this. So we all had to pray that he would win and that he would not get hurt. And sure enough, he won, didn't get hurt, and he was there on set three days after his title how fight. about that? It was amazing. Yeah, we got other, we've got Jeff Hardy, who's a three-time WWE champion mm-hmm. in there. People know Jeff Hardy. He's been around him and the Hardy brothers. And another famous, uh, well, well-known uh, MMA fighter called Uriah Hall. Oh, I know who, yeah, I know who that is. So, I mean, it's just amazing how God has brought this together for you guys. The movie is called The Favorite. Daniel Bernard is with us, and Luke Bernard, the producer and the writer. So, Luke, you've kind of written this out of this dream that you had that really, it seems like it's the best of who you were and the worst of who you were, and, and finding God for both of those guys in, in a real sense. But I want to ask your dad, Daniel, as you're, as you're watching this movie, or maybe when you read this this screenplay for the first time as a father, who's grown up with this guy, he's raised this guy. Um, what's that like kind of seeing maybe some of the the intimacies or some of the things? Did you read that script and go, oh, boy, I, I kind of remember that moment. That wasn't the best moment. Or what What happened? Well, you know, as, we, as you read through it, you go, yeah, you know, that's kind of like, you know, so I, I can see not that he wrote it like that or whatever, but I could see, I could see myself and both uh, – uh, you know the the good and bad. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of more of a task person, you know, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I could have been better with my relationships, and you'll see that a little bit in this father, you know, and uh, and and of course, I, he, Luke is one of six children, so the whole idea of favoritism was always a part of our family. Like, sure. Who's, who's the favorite this month? And, uh, <laughs> hey, and so, you got to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like that. So, but, you know, you go through it and you look. And that's what everybody does. They watch the film and they think about their relationship. Sure. And they're thinking back like, ooh, you know. And, and, and but, you know, now me, and it may have been my age, my, my age group and so forth, but, you know, uh, you'll see a part of the film where the dad communicates. Mm. And it's so powerful. Um and it's probably so, for so many people, it's, it's the best scene of the film. Uh, everybody has her, but but when when the dad communicates his love and affection for his son, mm-hmm. and it's such a such a great scene. And because you know, so many <clears throat> guys my age, my my dad never told me flat out, you know, to my face, "Hey, son, I love you." Mm-hmm. And that never happened to me. Uh, so finding out that 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 that's a true with a lot of a lot of guys my age that their fathers just you know had trouble trouble actually just communicating that and so when you see this film and when you see that scene uh and it's i mean there's so much drama and like i mean it's almost like some people like i said it's a four out of five tissue movie you know it's you're, you're really impacted you know in a, in a very powerful way so and that's the thing it's really cost across you know everybody deals with favoritism whether you're a christian or non-christian sure. it speaks to everybody everybody realizes it and uh, so it's been it, it, so in that sense, you know, I said a lot of things that I dealt with as as a father, and some of the things I said, like, yeah, that was me. I kind of messed up like that too. I, I can identify with. 
The movie is called The Favorite. You can learn more at thefavoritemovie.com. And I could tell that's very impactful for you, and I appreciate you uh, sharing that. And really, maybe there's a moment of grace where both of you have to look at that story and your family and go, we, we release that. We're going to let that story do what it's supposed to do for people that we don't even know. Luke, what has this meant for you now that you've kind of gone through this whole process and this thing is up on the big screen now? What do, what do you feel like? What did you feel like the first time you sat back after it was all edited and, and sat in front of a screen and watched that? What was that like for you? Um, that's, that's a difficult question for me, uh, in the sense that, um, well, I, I was thoroughly involved through this whole process mm -hmm. where I provided, um, all the editors, um, notes and direction of things to cut out. So I probably, I saw the film more than probably anyone sure because i would watch it all the way through and give my notes they would jump to those sections and and make edits send back i would watch through the whole thing again so so i guess i guess i my eyes are extremely uh, tainted because i'm <laughs> i'm looking at it of, of things to change and i know what was taken out and what's put in but um well, opening night that is probably the night I really just sat back to just enjoy it as an audience member. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was emotional. Mm. It was emotional cause, because it's not just something that I wrote because everyone says it's, your, your script is your baby, but you didn't just, just write a story. I, it's something that was real for me, hmm. something that I like really experienced, and so it was just so. I mean, it was so real and authentic, and and I I hope that's that's what gravitates to people that when they see this, that it's the story is so so real, and they can relate to to these characters and and so far from what i hear from people is that's exactly what's taking place they they can relate to this main character um and when i watch it i was, I, I people were worried through production and all that stuff that i i about my car accident things like that but because of my brain injury i don't remember anything mm -hmm. um but i i remember of how i was um spiritually with the lord and coming to the realization of his love and so that's what really um brought me to kind of emotional watching it um just wow. being without the lord and not knowing his love and then the realization of how much he loves me mm. and and all of us and so that's that's really what um really got me amen well uh the movie is called the favorite and uh, if you don't, if you haven't had a chance yet, get to see this movie. I'm going to try to make it a point to get to the theater myself and uh, enjoy it. Thefavoritemovie.com is the website. You can see the trailer there. Find out where it's playing near you. And, and guys, I know, and, and Daniel, because you're so seasoned in ministry, I know that as you see this movie impact, 
that you want people to have something to do with that. So there's some things you've put together. Talk about the favorite top 10 and the favorite study guide. Well, we have the the favorite top 10 is one of my friend, uh, Dr. Terry Teckel. He wrote a book called My Most Wanted, which you listed your top 10 most wanted, not yet Christian people. And he created a devotional pray to help you to pray for your these your top 10 unsaved friends. Oh, wow. Uh, and so that's what this is. So this is like a pre before the movie is that you get this booklet and you list your top 10 unsafe friends, you know, or people you know, and you pray for them through this devotional for, for however many days before the theatrical release or at least when your church is going to the film or whatever, and you invite them, obviously, to go with you, to join you. And the, the, the other uh, study guide is on favoritism. So, uh, oh, by the way, there is also a track called You Are the Favorite, which is our message, and it's really, really good. goes along with the film. You could hand to somebody that maybe, you know, after they've seen the film in the quietness of their home, they could read it. But then, uh, then, a four, uh, then a six weeks guide on favoritism, which has never really been addressed in the church. It's been as, as old as Jacob and Esau. But think about it. When, when have you heard a message on favoritism? So it's it's really a powerful six week study on favoritism. All not to deal with it in the family. <laughs> all of that together at thefavoritemovie.com is the place to start. And guys, I just thank you for coming in today. Luke Bernard, Daniel Bernard, other guests we've had today, David Phillips. And we were thankful for Sarah Wells, who came in today and talked with us about her book. I'm Bill Carl. Thanks so much for listening to The Bill Carl Show here on Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Good night. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.